Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, So today's topic is contending for the faith. And so the reason that I came to this topic was was when I was reading the book of Jude um, in verse three in the Passion Translation. It says, dearly loved friend, I was fully intending to write to you about our amazing salvation, which we all participate in, but felt the need instead to challenge you to vigorously defend and contend for the faith that we cherish. For God through the apostles has once for all entrusted these truths to his holy believers. So Paul was writing, you know, he said he wanted to write to them about the amazing salvation that we have in Christ, but instead he chose to take the whole letter, the whole thing of Jude, and and really just encourage believers to contend for the faith, to defend the faith, to to be on guard, to, to vigilantly, to vigilantly hold fast to the faith that the truths that have been entrusted to the believers through the apostles. So obviously, you know, that must mean that there is something out to take your faith, right? So, and obviously we know Paul said, fight the good fight of faith. We're not in a fight with the devil. We're not in a fight, you know, we're in a fight to believe the word of God. We're in a fight to hold fast to the revelation that we've already received, right? And not let anything steal that from us, right? Because the devil always comes to steal the word. The word is the source of your faith. So, so really, and you know, Paul said it throughout the epistles. I was reading in some other spots too. He says it so many times. He encourages them, contend for the faith, guard the the truth that has been instilled on the inside of you. You know, just because you've had a, a, a revelation about something in the past, you know, doesn't mean that it's automatically going to just stay stirred up on the inside of you forever, no matter what you do. You know, there's a contending that has to come for whatever. Maybe you received a revelation on, you know, divine health three years ago. Well, you know, still to this day, you have to contend for the faith to walk in health. You have to to, to guard that revelation, to, to, to steward it well, and, and be careful to not allow anything to contaminate your faith right and so there's things that come that try to contaminate our faith and so but before I get into that I want to start by kind of talking about well what is faith maybe you're listening to this and you just think like faith is like this this like religious word that you've heard you know really but faith has a definition and we find it in Hebrews 11 1 and it says faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen or the title deed of things that are not seen. So the first word I want to hone in here on is faith is a substance. Okay, let that sink in. Faith is a substance. It's not some ethereal thing up in the realms of the heavens. Faith is a substance that is generated in your spirit man on the inside of you. Faith is in you. Okay, and faith is a substance. Okay, so where does this substance come from? Okay, that's then that's the million dollar question, right? If faith is the substance, where do we get it, right? Well, ultimately, faith is a gift from God um, because of his grace, right? But where does it come from? It comes from the breaking open of the word of God. And so let me just break that down for you here. So, so the Bible says in Psalm 119, the breaking open of his word gives light. 
So, so when God's word comes on the inside of you and it, and it's broken open by revelation, which the Holy Spirit is the one that does that. The Holy Spirit, he comes to break open the word on the inside of you. What does that mean? That means that it becomes real in your spirit. It, it becomes alive in your spirit. It becomes more than head knowledge. So faith does not come from head knowledge. Okay. Let that sink in. Faith does not come from having scriptures in your brain. Okay. Faith is a substance that is generated when the word of God gets into your spirit man and the Holy Spirit breaks open that word by revelation. When the word breaks open, something comes out and that is the substance of faith. Or in Psalm 119, it says light. And so in in John 1, we know that it says in Christ or in the word is light and that light is the life of men. So light and life, they're, they're one and the same. The life of God, the Zoe life of God, the eternal, the God kind of life is the, is the same thing as light. So really when God's word comes on the inside of you, right? And it's broken open by revelation. There's a substance that comes out. It's a supernatural substance. It's the life of God. It's the light of God. Okay. And so that word Zoe life, it's all throughout the new Testament. You can go look it up. That's the Greek word Zoe. And Jesus said, the words that I speak to you talking about revelation words that words that are real to you, revelation words, rhema, the rhema word of God, right? The words that I speak to you, they are spirits and they are life. Zoe life, life. Okay. So understand that faith is a substance that comes when the life of God comes out of the word. That means that the word comes alive on the inside of you. Okay. I know that's kind of like, there's a lot of scriptures there. I could try to explain it better, but, but ultimately understand that faith is a substance that comes when God's word breaks open on the inside of you. Something comes pouring out, which is light and life. It's the life of God. So that word becomes alive on the inside of you. That's why it says faith comes by hearing, hearing by the rhema word of God. So the rhema word of God is not head knowledge. It's not the logos word. It's not just the written word. The rhema word of God is what produces and generates faith. So the rhema word of God is the word that comes alive on the inside of you. It's the word that is impregnated with the life of God. It's the word that is broken open on the inside of you. That's what the rhema word of God is, right? So you have the logos word, which is the written word that you might know in your brain. And that's why tons of people know the word, but they don't live in faith. They have no faith. Literally, they can say, you could say, oh, I'm living by faith, but their life, they, they ain't got no fruit. You know what I'm saying? They're living defeated. They don't, they know. They just faith. Oh, I have faith. Okay, well, you know. Ultimately, faith comes by revelation of the word of God. So that's the main thing I want to get over unto you. So when Paul is saying, contend for the faith, fight for the faith, defend the faith, that really there is a, there is a fight that comes Firstly, to have revelation of the word of God, but also to keep that revelation stirred up on the inside of you, right? So, so faith is, exists in your spirit. It's the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, or the title deed of what belongs to you in Christ. So when you have faith, when you have the substance of faith, it's as if you literally have the title deed of everything that belongs to you in Christ. So you're not fighting the devil to get 
to get your healing. You're not fighting poverty to get prosperity. You have the title deed. You actually already have it. So what is the fight for? The fight, the fight is to, to believe that you have it already, even if you don't have it in the natural. The Bible says that it's the evidence of things not seen. So even before it manifests in the natural, you can have the substance of it through your faith. So the substance first is in your spirit before it's going to be outward in your life, before you're going to have the manifestation of whatever you're believing for the natural substance, you first must have the substance of faith for it in your spirit, which you, when you have the substance of faith for something, you, it's as good as done. You act like you have it because you believe that you have it. It's the title deed of things that you can't see. I believe that I have it, even though I may not see it yet. It's the evidence of things that are not seen. My faith is the evidence. My faith for healing is the evidence that I'm healed. You know what I'm saying? So, so stuff like that. So, so when Paul is saying to contend for the faith, he, he says that throughout, throughout the gospels. So, so and obviously in the whole book of Jude, he was going to write to them about salvation, but instead he chose to write the whole book, literally telling them, Hey, you need to, you need to defend the faith. And so what I kind of want to share along the lines of this, when he's saying to contend for the faith, what, what is the opposite of faith? So what is, what is going to come to try to mess up your faith? Well, the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. So a lot of people think that the opposite of faith is fear. And in some ways, like that's true. Like fear is a fruit of unbelief. So in some ways that's true, but ultimately the, the polar opposite of walking in faith is walking by sight or walking by the five senses, walking according to your carnal fleshly nature. Okay. So that is the, the opposites of faith. And that's why it says in the book of Romans, um, that the person who lives according to the flesh cannot please God. The person that lives according to the flesh or by sight, by their carnal mind, cannot please God. And so it says the opposite in, Roman, uh, in Hebrews 11 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. So faith pleases God. Living in the flesh, living by your sight, your carnal nature, you cannot please God living that way. So understand that, you know, and so you'll see, let me read the scripture to you. So in Jude, after he talks about contend, he says, contend for the faith. Okay, I'm going to read verse four and verse five. It says, there have been some who have sneaked in among you unnoticed. They are depraved people whose judgment was prophesied in scripture a long time ago. They have perverted the message of God's grace into a license to commit immorality and turn against our master, Jesus Christ. I need to remind you, even though you are familiar with it, that the Lord Jesus saved his people out of Egypt, but subsequently destroyed those who were guilty of unbelief. Okay, this is like huge. So in the first verse, he's, he's talking about people who have perverted the message of God's grace into a license to sin, sin. And then all of a sudden he says he destroyed those who were, who were guilty of unbelief. Okay, so he's talking about sin and then he's, he's jumping to unbelief. So I think a lot of people, this is kind of what I want to explain when it comes to faith, unbelief, sin. Okay. 
understand that sin is just the fruit of unbelief. So really, the people were not destroyed because of their sin. They were destroyed because of their unbelief. The fruit of unbelief is going to be sin. That's just like a given. But I think people get so caught up on the sin thing, like God is whatever according to my sin. It's actually not your sin that's a problem because the Bible says that God was in Jesus, not counting people's sins against them, but reconciling people to himself. So God is not, uh, you know, counting people's sins against them right now. God is a faith God. God is a respecter of faith. So the, fr- the the reason that people live in sin is because of unbelief. Even if you're a Christian and you're still struggling with sin, the problem is not that you need to stop sinning. The problem is that you need to get full of God's word so that the substance of faith will grow on the inside of you. And that substance of faith will drive out and overtake your carnal nature. Your carnal nature is what wants to sin. It's the lust of the flesh. Right. So, and I think that's a huge thing to understand. The root of your problems is not the sin. The root of the problem is unbelief. So if you can just cure the unbelief by getting full of God's word, by listening to the word, uh, sin will no longer be an issue for you. Okay. Because people focus so much on what they shouldn't be doing, but you need to be focusing on what you should be doing, which is getting full of God's word because the other stuff will deal with itself. Because if you're living in faith, If you're believing God for stuff, you're not going to be sinning. You're not going to be like living in blatant sin. So understand that firstly, that unbelief is the, is the, is the main cause of sin. Because if you think about it, you're sinning because you don't really believe that Jesus Christ lives on the inside of you. You're sinning because you don't really believe that you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. You, you people sin because they don't really believe that the blood of Jesus has broken the dominion of sin from off their life, right? So it's, and you may know that in your head, but until it becomes a revelation, right? You can't walk it out. It's the substance of faith for it is not there. So, so really it's, your your carnal nature your carnal nature is 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 what's going to feed unbelief so that's why it's like to to walk in faith to walk in faith to, to to contend for the faith is to fight against living in the flesh living according to your carnal nature living according to what you can see what you can hear what you can feel because everything in the natural realm may be contrary to what you believe at first, but ultimately the natural realm will get in line with your faith. But your faith has to be fed by the word of God. And so I want to read this very interesting scripture to you in First uh, Timothy chapter 1. This scripture is really going to help you understand this whole faith, sin, carnal nature thing. Because I think a lot of people, they think like... You know, whether or not you believe that people can lose their salvation or whatever, people think that it's due to sin. And I'm going to I'm going to say it again. Sin is the fruit of a bigger problem. Sin is the fruit of unbelief. Jesus said in the book of John, the sin of the world is their unbelief in me. So understand that it's not so much about the sin. It's about the root thing of you either believe what God has said or you don't. You either believe who Christ is and what he's made you to be or you or you don't. And so that sin is the fruit of that. So I want to read the scripture. First Timothy one verse, well, 18 and 19. Paul is encouraging Timothy. He says, wage the good warfare, talking about fighting the good fight of faith. 
by the prophecies that were given to him. In verse 19, it says, holding fast to the faith and having a clear conscience by rejecting from them their conscience, some individuals have made a shipwreck of their faith. Okay, this is huge to understand. Paul is saying that some people have rejected their conscience and by rejecting your conscience and choosing to just keep on living in sin, they have shipwrecked their own faith. So at one time they may have believed in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but as they continued to sear their conscience by constantly living in sin, by yielding not to the spirit, but by yielding constantly to their flesh, by yielding to the carnal nature by blatantly living in sin. So that, that over time, okay, over time, if you just continuously ignore your spirit that wants to tell you to do spiritual things, if you just continually blatantly live in sin, when you know, you know that it's wrong, you know that you were saved and and you shouldn't be, Right, Paul is saying that you can actually shipwreck your own faith by rejecting your conscience. So, and the Bible, and I don't have time to get into all this stuff with the conscience, but there's different levels, you know, with the conscience, and you can get to a point where you sear your conscience, where you can so much go against the the inward witness on the inside that you literally get to a point where you sear your conscience. So, as you feed your flesh. By searing your conscience, by by ignoring the inward witness, you just keep on living in the flesh, living carnally. You are actually contaminating your faith so much that it eventually you shipwreck your own faith. Okay, so this is crazy. So and the people think that sin is the problem. Sin is the problem. Sin is you yielding to your unbelief. And is the more you yield to your unbelief, the more you're going to sh- you 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 contaminate your faith until eventually over time it gets to a point where you shipwrecked your own faith. And Paul is talking about people here and he gives an example in the next verse in verse 20. And it says that he has delivered them to Satan in order that they may be disciplined and learn not to blaspheme. So basically, he's talking about two guys that literally got to a point where they shipwrecked their own faith by constantly rejecting their conscience. Okay, so what does that mean? Your your conscience, you know, will tell you, hey, you need to go read your Bible instead of like watching porn or something. That's, you know, but if you continuously reject the conscience over time, right? You shipwreck your faith. So when Paul is saying, hey, you need to contend for the faith, it's, you know, it's a war against the carnal nature, really. You know, and James talks about it in the book of James. It talks about the war that goes on between the flesh and the spirit. But understand, whichever, you know, and I've heard this analogy before. If you have two two people fighting, okay, in a fighting ring, and one person has eaten really good for the past three weeks, and the other guy has been on a water fast for three weeks, who do you think is going to win? Most likely the guy that's eaten good for the past three weeks, right? So whichever person you feed more would win the fight. Whichever person is more nourished will most likely win the fight. So it's the same with your flesh and your spirit. Which one are you feeding more? If you feed your spirit with God's word, and allow the substance of faith to continuously be generated on the inside of you and stirred up on the inside of you. And you can grow your faith by using it. It's like seed. 
When you plant it, you get a harvest of more of it. So you got to increase your faith by using it. Faith like a mustard seed. What does that mean? You got to, you got to use it. You got to plant it. Okay. So you can grow your faith and feed your faith and your spirit man with the word of God, or you can feed your flesh or your unbelief by constantly yielding to unbelief, which is really like living in sin, living in the flesh, you know, um, so really, whichever one you feed more is going to win out. So when Paul is saying contend for the faith, he's saying you need to be careful. You need to be careful that you don't allow all kind of stuff to contaminate your faith. Be careful what you're listening to. Be careful what you say. Be careful what you spend your time doing. And really, whatever revelation you've received in the past, maybe you have the substance of faith for things that you've received in the past. Um, you have to be careful that the substance that substance of faith doesn't get contaminated, <laughs> doesn't get contaminated with all kinds of garbage unbelief, you know, and unbelief comes from feeding the flesh. So, you know, ultimately that's, you know, that's what I want to leave you with today and encourage you with is to contend for the faith. And there's even, I'll leave you with this one scripture. There's a scripture in, um, second Corinthians 13. This is actually, this is the scripture that got me started on this whole topic. Uh, 2 Corinthians 13, it says, examine and test yourselves to see whether or not you are holding on to your faith and showing the proper fruits of it. Test and prove yourselves, not Christ. Do you not yourselves realize and know through an ever-increasing experience that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, of course, you are counterfeits. <laughs> so that's a pretty intense scripture. So Paul is saying that literally, you, you know, there's a time where you have to literally sit down and examine. He says to examine yourself to see whether you're really holding fast to the faith. And if you have the proper fruits, what the fruit of is your life displaying the fruit that Jesus Christ lives on the inside of you? You know, and so it's good to examine your examine ourselves because a lot of times we can blame God for why things aren't happening in our life, right? That's the easy way, or you can blame the devil, but really it's not the devil's fault. Most likely, we just need to renew our mind and get the carnal man uh, in line with the word of God. Um, usually, we like to blame God, blame the devil, or whatever, but really, really, the whole thing is that we need to contend for the faith and and, and subdue that carnal nature. So that we can manifest Christ to our world. That's the whole goal of really contending for the faith is contending that Christ is going to be glorified in and through my life, no matter what. And that's what Paul said in Philippians. He said, this is my persistent expectation that Christ is going to be magnified in me. I'm going to contend for the faith and see to it that Christ is glorified in and through my life. And so I just want to encourage you with that. Contend for the faith so that Christ will be glorified in you. Hey guys, this is Victoria. I just want to say thank you so much for listening and make sure that you subscribe, share it with a friend, share it on Instagram. Let me know that you're listening and I pray that these podcasts will continue to be a blessing to you.